Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. come to the time um, in our service uh, where we'll hear from God's Word, and so I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, and it's verses 1 through 7. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's Holy Word. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Nepalti, But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior and battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we're reminded of your goodness in the light and the glimmering, Lord, in children's eyes. And Lord, may the light shine in our darkness this day and every day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We are people who I don't think like waiting, do we? We, we don't like uh, waiting in a waiting room. We do not, if, um, I remember as a kid, like we'd go out to eat, and I was awful, I'm sure, like going out to eat with, because they're like, you know, they, how long is the wait? In like 15 minutes, I'm like, Mom, I want to go somewhere else. Like 15 minutes, that's an eternity, right? Um, we, we find ourselves often in waiting, and sometimes it can be very serious. We, um, we know that something is not right, and we're waiting for the report to come back from the doctor. We know that something has happened, but we're not sure what it is. And, and I, as I was thinking about this waiting during the season of Advent, I, there's sort of a little bit of a pattern of, of waiting is that that often there's a need or an event that happens, and then there's this period of anticipation. Sometimes this can be good, sometimes this can be bad. Then there's this, like, struggle, and then there's this new future, all right? So for some of you, let me give you an example that's just near and dear to your hearts, all right? So, oh, you played Baylor yesterday, right? So that was a need or an event, and so, so there was something that was occurring there. You anticipated it, all right, for a while. Is OU going to win? But also, you know, what's going to happen? Do all, or all these other contingencies can happen, 
right? And then there is the actual struggle. There's the game that happens. And, and if you're an OU fan, sometimes what I've noticed about OU fans, for, for those of you who don't know, I'm not an OU fan, all right? But here's what I know about OU fans, is that you are the most confident, unconfident bunch I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like Jalen Hurts is the best. I can't believe we got him. You know, what a waste, all right? He's going to have another turnover in the red zone. Jalen Hurts is the worst. You know, this OU team is awful. Oh, they're the best ever Sooner Magic, all right? This is who you are, all right? The struggle is real for you all, okay? But then, after the struggle, there's this new future, right? And so, so the struggle wasn't just the game, but it was in the games that followed as well. And this new future that um, at 11:15, when they announce the playoffs, all right, um, you all will get your fate, right? Whatever it happens, there's this new future that moves in. But it can be in a lot of other ways, right? I'm, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe something's wrong. You know, you have a toothache or something, and, and you're anticipating, you know, you've got to go to the dentist, and then there's the pain of the dentist's office, and then there's this new future, right? Is that there's this pattern that happens. And so part of waiting is both gloom and hope because there's, there is this struggle that often happens in the middle of it. And we are people who find ourselves that in a f- new future of hope, there is also this period of struggle. But sometimes we put off the struggle. We don't want to live in the struggle. We don't want to have those negative moments, and instead we are people who choose to live in the misery of pain. I love this quote by Edwin Friedman in his book, The Failure of Nerve. He says, whether we are considering a toothache, a tumor, a relational bind, a technical problem, crime, or the economy, Most individuals and most social systems, irrespective of their culture, gender, or ethnic background, will naturally choose or revert to chronic conditions of bearable pain rather than face the temporarily more intense anguish of acute conditions that are the gateway to becoming free. Most of us choose the pain we can manage instead of going through a period of more pain but hope on the other side. And this is not just something we experience, but again, it, it, it goes beyond cultures. And this was part of Israel's experience as well. And so in the scripture we read, Isaiah was talking to the southern kingdom of Israel. The kingdom had divided, and there was the southern kingdom, but the world was not going the way they had hoped for. Now, God's people were the Israelite people. That These were the people that God, he called Abraham, and he said, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing to many nations. And he made this covenant that I'm going to be your God, and you're going to be my people. He made a covenant with, with David, all right, that from your line, there's going to be an everlasting kingdom. He had given them the law. Sometimes we think, God, if you just tell us what to do, we'll do it. Well, we know that's not true because God gave the law, to the people of Israel, and they didn't do it. And so here, there are these people that God loved and has chosen, but they continue to rebel against God. And so Isaiah came with this message, and here was his message of both gloom and hope. Life is going to get worse. There are going to be bad days ahead, but there's a promise of hope and goodness beyond that. And so what was happening around them was that the Assyrian army was conquering nations all around them, including the northern kingdom, and there was great anxiety about what would happen. Are they going to be conquered? Are they going to become exiles? The answer is yes. Are they going to lose their capital city? Are they going to lose their identity? And this was the reality that was going to happen. 
And so Isaiah was prophesying that that was going to happen. A prophet is somebody who speaks on behalf of God to the people. He was telling them, this is going to happen. There will be dark days. But he also wanted them to know that there will be better days ahead. This is what he says. He says, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former times, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Nepalti. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan Galley of the nations. The people who walked in darkness, people who, who, who dwelt there, who lived there, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who, land, those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. And so this is what he's saying is that there is darkness, but more than that, there is light. And when God's people who are walking in darkness, they will see a great light and they will see hope. And this is really what it's all about. It's about this promise of hope even in our darkest days. Now, there's not just this generic idea of hope, but there is a particular hope that we as Christians have. And it's in a baby who was born. And that's what the scripture says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government, the order of the world shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I sort of want to linger there just a second, because I, I love that, that there's descriptions of who God is for us. This Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Because there are some of us right now who what we need is a wonderful counselor. We need somebody who will, who will speak truth to us, who will guide us. We're in situations where we're not sure which fork in the road to take. And sometimes the path seems so easy. It seems like, yes, I need to go this way. But other times it seems like there's 30 options. Sometimes we can't even see one option. But here's the good news. In James 1.5 it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This is the promise of hope. If you lack wisdom, if you lack knowing what the next step is, ask God. He is our wonderful counselor. I love that it says he gives generously without finding fault. Here's how I understand that, is that if I have dug myself a hole of my own doing, and I ask God for help to get out of the hole of my own doing, he's not going to say, well, you shouldn't have dug that hole in the first place. He gives generously without finding fault, and he'll give us wisdom. Sometimes I need power. I see a situation, and I know I can't do it. I need his power to come. I need this mighty God. And this is what he promises us. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Is part of the promise of God is that we have power that extends beyond our own strength. That was one reason why we had this awakening weekend last month is to remind ourselves that there is power beyond ourselves and that the Holy Spirit moves with power. There are times in which we need faithfulness. We need somebody to be in our corner we need this everlasting father. And through, in the Old Testament, we hear time and time again about his steadfast love and faithfulness. All right, the Lord, the Lord, the God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. 
is that even though we may walk away from God, God is right there by our side. He, has never, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so even as we're walking through this darkness, God is still there. And sometimes we just need somebody to hold us. And that is what God does. But also we need peace. We need the peace that passes all understanding. Because Isaiah wasn't the only one who said that that bad things are going to happen. Jesus said it too. It's right here in the text. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Now, I wish Jesus hadn't said that. I wish Jesus had said, in this world, if you follow me, nothing bad will happen to you. It'll be easy. But Jesus' promise is, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. My friends, you will have trouble. There will be death. There will be disease. There will be relationship strife. And God has come to be the Prince of Peace to bring, and when I say peace, I don't just mean the absence of conflict. The biblical idea of peace is this word called shalom. You may have heard it in church before. But it's not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of wholeness that's there. And that's what God does, is in the midst of even brokenness, God has the ability to make wholeness. So here's what we know. In this world, you will have trouble. Isaiah was telling them this. In this world, you will have trouble. Things will not go the way that you expect them to go. There will be darkness. There will be strife. And some of you are in the midst of it right now. Some of you are in the midst of things that just seem overwhelming. And you're just being like, God, is is there hope in the midst? But there is hope. Because that child that Isaiah prophesied about has come in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus came and he walked and he lived on this earth and he came that we may have life and have it abundantly he came as a wonderful counselor who came and spoke truth to people there is no counsel as good as what jesus has spoken read the red letters in your bible if you don't read anything else and read those wonderful words that have been shaping and forming humanity since he spoke them he is this wonderful counselor He's this mighty God. There were things that Jesus did that nobody else could do. He walked on water. He fed 5,000 people with, with five loaves and two fish. And the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and I. There's power, this mighty God, this everlasting Father. There's this faithfulness that Jesus showed that as he walked on this life, Even though his disciples betrayed him and abandoned him and denied him, he did not give up on them, and he remained faithful. And he is the Prince of Peace. And I'm just so thankful that he spoke peace and brought peace into this world. But Jesus knew that in order to get to the best day, he had to go through the worst days. In order to get to this life of, of eternity, in order to, to, to defeat death and darkness, the only way to get from there to there is to go through death. And so part of what we remember is that Jesus went through this time of pain, death, and darkness to get to the best day. 
Now, I mentioned dental pain earlier. I don't like the dentist. Anybody else here not really a big fan of the dentist? Yeah. I don't know why. I was trying to figure that out the other day. It's not like I had bad experiences or bad dentists. I just didn't like it. But probably about eight or nine years ago, I had this terrible tooth pain. It was around December. Terrible, terrible tooth pain. And so, you know, I did what, what most of us would do, which is to take something to numb the pain. Right? Don't deal with the pain. Numb it. And so I got some of that ore gel, rubbed that on there, you know, every five minutes. You know, I'm fine. You know, hey, you know, just rub it on there. Took, you know, ibuprofen, you know. I'll just numb the pain. But did the pain go away? No, it, it was numb for a little bit, but it, it just kept going. And so then I had this, then I had to call the dentist. You know, like I had that phone number there. I was like, oh. You know, I pick up the phone. I don't want to do this, right? I, I don't want to take this step because I knew that whatever the dentist told me wasn't going to be good, right? And so I finally, I, I, it, the pain became unbearable, so I had to act. Why do, I, why do we wait until it gets that far? I don't know. But, but, we, but I had to act. And so, so I, I called the, the dentist, and, and, I, and I went to the dentist, and I waited in, in anticipation. And then, then there was the struggle. Because then, because I hadn't been to the dentist in a few years, right? You know, um, I, some of us go to the dentist like other people come to church, right? You know, like, they just feel like they're going to be, like, I walk to the dentist, and I feel like I'm going to be judged and condemned, you know? Like, have you been flossing like you're supposed to? No, um, right? And so I go there, and, and the struggle is real, and I end up having to have a couple of root canals, uh, which are just awful, right? But then, like, the pain was gone. Like, I went through this struggle, but, but then I had this new future without pain. And this is what happens. Is I, I, I needed to go through this period of pain so that I could experience this new future that God would have. The Friedman has a quote this way, there is no way out of a chronically painful condition except by being willing to go through a temporarily more acutely painful phase. And there are some of you who are living in pain and, and, and you've said, you know what, I can bear this. And God's like, if you will just go through this short period of time, there is a beautiful future that God has for you. And it might be a relationship that, that you don't want to deal with conflict, but you need to go through so that you can get into a more beautiful future. It may be some physical pain that you just need to suck it up and go to the doctor. Maybe you're trying to live this life on your own. And you know what? You do need to confess your sins. And you need to turn your life over to Jesus. You need to surrender control. You need to realize you can't do it on your own and that you weren't made to. And so, Lord, can you help me? Can you be the one who can help me go through this? And as somebody who has confessed their sin, as somebody who's had their struggles, there are, there's this time of pain and struggle and mess. But freedom is so much better than darkness. And light is there. And so part of what we believe is that there is hope. And part of what we need is to believe the promise of hope. That there is darkness and there are bad days. Jesus said it. In this world, you will have troubles. But don't linger in the troubles, but go through it to see the hope and the light on the other side. Our scripture that we read finishes with this. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth 
and forevermore. And then it finishes with these words. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You see, when I was going through my dental pain, it wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to solve it myself. I had to face the fact that this pain was unmanageable by me, and I had to literally sit in the chair and receive care. And the zeal of the dentist, Dr. Henshaw, will do it. How much more will the zeal of the Lord of hosts do it for each and every one of us? This is what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to dig your own hole and then say, all right, son, get out. Let me help you. Let me pick you up. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So no matter what you are going through, whatever your darkness, whatever your pain, and and whatever may be shaping up as as a tough step, something you don't want to do, this short, more painful period, here is what I want you to know, is that pain never gets the last word. I love this quote from Frederick Buechner that says this, resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. Resurrection means that that the worst thing is never the last thing. And this is the promise of God. And this is the promise of hope. No matter what you're going through, God can lead you out of it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so we're going to have a time of prayer, and then we're going to sing our closing song. Um, The altars are going to be open, and so if you want prayer or need prayer, um, you're invited to to come forward, and we'll be glad to, to pray with you. Or you can just pray by yourself, but let us go to God in prayer. Lord, there's a lot of darkness in the world, but there's more hope because of you. And so, Lord, we don't place our hope in other things. We place our hope solely in you. So, Lord, for those who are in the midst of darkness, may you shine your light. May you shine your light on their path so that they may see that there is a way out. Lord, for those who are just struggling, curled up, and scared in darkness, can you hold them and be their Prince of Peace? And Lord, for us here today, if there's anybody here, Lord, today who's been trying to do it, who has dug themselves a hole and been trying to dig themselves out, Lord, may they surrender and say, save me, Jesus. And may the zeal of your goodness save us all. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.